Podcast Answer Man, episode number 115. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today I have on Skype a special friend that I met a couple years ago down at PodCamp Nashville. Of course, today I'm going to be bringing on Mitch Cantor. He has a WordPress uh, web design company uh, called Studio Nash Vegas, and probably does a qu- quite a bit more than that, but... Uh, Rather than go into lots and lots of stuff, I'm just going to bring Mitch right on the line here. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Very, very cool. And just nice. so that we can say this up front and at the end of the show, people can find you on the web over at studionashvegas.com, correct? Correct. Um, and actually, the, for, for all of the WordPress fans out there, we're going to be talking a lot about that today. Uh, I've actually got a bit of a new endeavor called the WordPress Doctor. And it's going to be focused just on WordPress themes and, and plugins. Uh, and some of the stuff that we talk about today will probably be showing up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but you can find that online at thewordpressdoctor.com. Excellent. Now, for our listeners here, um, I know that those who have been listening to the Podcast Answer Man know that I am a huge fan of WordPress. And I do quite a bit of work with uh, consulting other people. And, you know, some people are using Blogger. Some people are using TypePad. Some people are using various other tools and services out there. But WordPress far above and beyond is is what I would prefer to use uh, as a podcaster because of all the functionality that you can do with it. Uh, it's easy enough for just about anybody to learn how to publish uh, content and to organize it. And if you so desire, you can really get under the hood uh, and and play around with some CSS and PHP and plugins and stuff like that. So it depends on how deep you want to go into it. But you can really do anything to modify just about anything in WordPress. And right. so that's what I love about it. And and what I love about the fact that I have you on here is is you're out there and you're you're one of those people that that knows a lot of the code to put this stuff together, whereas I'm the type of person who looks at an existing theme, I look at the code that caused what happens on the screen to happen, and I can usually modify it uh, to, a, to a great degree. But there are times when I pick up the phone and, of course, I call you and say, hey, I'm looking to do a query to make only one category show up on my homepage. How do I do that? Exactly. I mean, and, and there's... Um you know, there's there's lots of people out there that, that do that, and there's lots of people like me that that code, uh, you know, from scratch. But WordPress is powerful enough that anybody that has some sort of basic knowledge, um, really not even of, of the code, but just of, of what they want to be able to do. So it's like, okay, I want the title to show up here, and I want the date to show up underneath it, and and, and it's really just a matter of of going to the WordPress Codex, which is the huge. Um, you know, user-created basically encyclopedia of WordPress functions and template tags and all this other good stuff. And, and you can pretty much just find what you need and, and copy and paste it in, um, and you can pretty much get it to do with whatever you want it to do. You know, there, there's guys like me that eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff, and we do it probably a lot faster than, than a normal person might. Uh, but it's, it's definitely easy enough for anybody to understand uh, pretty, pretty quickly right out of the gate. 
Yeah, definitely. I had a client of mine who a couple months ago, he was just looking to uh, start a podcast and I did a consulting job with him over the phone and he had paid me to uh, share my screen and basically I, I set him up a hosting account and I installed WordPress and we changed the theme and modified it for him, did it all over the phone, uh, had his podcast submitted to iTunes, everything up and running within three hours and I do that on a consistent basis. But this one particular client that I'm thinking of just recently is looking for something to do as far as uh, you know launching in his own kind of business to help design websites for other businesses. And he's and so he hired me to actually train him to do what I did for him on the phone. And another three hours, I was able to give him the basics of training on how to do this stuff. He took some very copious notes, and I have no doubt that he's going to be able to now go out. And set up hosting accounts for clients. He's going to be able to install WordPress. And he's going to also be able to modify themes and customize them for various businesses that he wants to do web design for. And and, and that's, you know, you're talking just a couple hours of education. And he's out there. He's, he's going to be able to do this now. Mm-hmm. So that's it's awesome. You're absolutely right. Tell for those who don't know. I mean, WordPress is it just a blogging engine? What is WordPress, and how much does it cost? All that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, I'll give you the uh, the brief history lesson. Uh, back in '03, uh, the guys at B two Cafe Log, which is an open source program very similar to WordPress, um, a bunch of their programmers basically they they liked the way that it was going, but they wanted something a little bit more robust. Uh, you know, Cafe Log was a very simple. Uh, solution, and they wanted something that they could build upon and grow upon. So they forked off and created WordPress. And of course, that was back in May of '03. Uh, here we are now in June of '09, and they've gone through a lot of different changes. Uh, what, at first, it was a blogging platform, but now it's really kind of grown into so much more. When I do a site for a client, for example, whether they really need a blog or not, I'm going to put them on WordPress because of the content management ability. And and that's the ability to go in and be able to edit your own content without having to call me every you know two or three days and say, hey, I want to make a, a change a paragraph here or I want to change a few letters here. It's, it's really all about flexibility and being able to not only control your own content – but have the ability to control it at a moment's notice. Now, the blog part of, of WordPress is it's, its bread and butter. It does blogging very, very well, but you can create sites that are simple blogs or you can create a site that's a much more of a robust corporate site and have the blog as sort of just one piece or, or one part of an entirely uh, bigger puzzle. And that goes the same with, with a podcast or a video blog or any number of different things that you want to put online you have the flexibility via either the code editing or via third-party plugins, which is really what WordPress is known for, just the immense amount of, of third-party plugins that people have developed for, for use um, in, in a WordPress site. Um, as far as what you were saying about cost, the only real cost that you have is uh, you know hosting it yourself. There, there are two different options for for WordPress. I won't kind of go. I will go into it kind of briefly. Um, you either have one hosted on WordPress.com, which is great for somebody who's just starting out and starting to learn uh, learn the software and, and try to be able to use it. But if you really want to get into the meat and bones of it and customize it, uh, hosting it on your own web server is definitely the way to go. Uh, you can download WordPress for free off of their site, which is WordPress.org. 
but you don't have to pay anything to actually use the software. The only payment you have to make is to your uh, your web host and, and to buy the domain name that you want. Exactly. And, of course, those are very inexpensive these days. Uh, I, I know on the upper end of the of the scale, you can get something for as little as you know eight bucks a month, and that's on the upper end. You can find cheaper, but about eight bucks a month, and then you're looking at about maybe you know nine bucks a year for your domain. So, so very, very little initial investment. Uh, and the WordPress software, as Mitch has said, is open source. It is free to the public, uh, and it 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 really is amazing. Now. Let's go into talking about uh, podcasting. We all know that we can do podcasting. I'm not sure if you're familiar with how much, how I feel about plugins and specifically the ones uh, related to podcasting, but I am not a fan of PowerPress or PodPress, uh, these two plugins that seem to basically do a whole lot of things that separate plugins can do. In fact, they... uh, I know at least one of them incorporates the audio player plugin, which is from One Pixel Out, which I mm-hmm. use every single installation. There, there's no question I install that. But uh, I, I'm a purist when it comes to using only the plugins you need and, and tossing the ones you don't. With that being said, what do you what do you suggest for podcasters when when they install their WordPress installation? What are a couple things that you would suggest for a podcaster? Well, you put me on the spot a little bit because typically I recommend PowerPress. Um, <laughs> but um, the reason that I do is because the the developer, Angelo Mondato, um, we met at PodCamp Ohio. Yep. Uh, got to really connect there. I actually got to beta test the plugin. So, of course, I'm a little bit partial to it. Um, but for somebody who's just starting out, I, I would definitely rec- still recommend PowerPress. Not to not to go against you or anything because sure. we, all, we both have our own methods. Yep. Um, but – for, for setting up something quick and easy, um, PowerPress is, is definitely the way to go. And, and if you, you know, I'm sure you shared your your methods uh, for for the podcast setup with your listeners before. So you know, I'm not gonna to hash it out. And as far as that goes, but the the reason that I do recommend it is because it, it pretty much sets everything up for you. Um, you know, from the get go. Uh, a lot of people still use PodPress, and PodPress is great and all, uh, but I've had clients that use Internet Explorer to uh, update their, their WordPress installations instead of Firefox, and f- for some reason, PodPress actually breaks uh, Internet Explorer 2.7. I- I'm not sure about 2.8, but I know 2.7 um, Error messages start pop. Error messages start popping up inside of the blog when they try to update posts or, or pages or whatever. So I, I typically steer people away from PodPress for sure. Uh, but PowerPress, like I said, I've I've had a lot of success with it. Uh, and for somebody who wants just a quick, dirty, easy solution, um, then PowerPress is is definitely the way to go. You can set your uh, your album art in iTunes. You can set categories, uh, and you can also get that specific uh, podcast. Uh, RSS feed, which is how you get your podcast out to iTunes and and all of the different directory services. Exactly, and and I have nothing against uh, uh, the PowerPress. In fact, I have never used the PowerPress. It's the the PodPress plugin. However, not only have I had clients who experienced the Internet Explorer. Uh, errors that you have mentioned, but there have been times in the past where when WordPress comes out with a new version of their software that all of a sudden one or two different things within PodPress quit functioning. And for a podcaster to be without their podcast feed uh, working correctly for any more than two or three days, that that's just unimaginable. 
And so yeah. those people call me quite often whenever something goes wrong and tend to uninstall power or under, uninstall PodPress. We go through and install the audio player plugin. We install a couple other things. We get their feed burner account set up and we're off and running and right. and stuff like that. So I, the the big thing for me is that, you know, why use a plugin and you and you gave a good argument for it. it if some, I mean, it's you do have the ability with the pow, with the power press and even with the pod press. I mean, it's one plug in. You get in there, you activate it, you go to the setting screen, you update all the information, you fill out all the blanks. And sure, you're going to have an iTunes compatible feed. Uh, but with two other steps, feed burner, setting up feed burner and, pl- and, and installing two different feeds. Uh, I'm sorry, two different plugins. You get pretty much the same response. Uh, the only thing that you don't get there are stats, and of course, uh, there are other options and 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 stuff that do with stats. But uh, as far as um, let, let's talk a little bit more about design. What what for podcasters and and for anybody using WordPress, let, let's talk a little bit more about design because you can get a lot of uh, free themes out there, and I want to get your feeling on on what people should be looking at when it comes to the design of their site. Sure. Um, well, uh, there's typically when a client approaches me for, for a design, we'll, we'll take it from, from this approach because there's, there's a couple different options that you really have. Uh, you, you do have the ability to look on to the, uh, the, three, the themes database, uh, which is sort of an offshoot of the main WordPress site. Uh, it's wordpress.org slash extend slash themes and there are free themes that are officially recognized by wordpress.org as these are great themes they look great they function well we've they, they've gone through the vetting process and they're they're ready to go uh, a lot of them are very customizable some more than others uh, but you you do have that very low cost option to to search for a theme even better now with wordpress 2.8 which came out on Wednesday uh, theme installation is one click. You can actually go into the theme database from inside of your WordPress site and install it that way, which really takes a lot of the hassle out of transferring files over, making sure they're in the right spot, and, and all this other stuff. And that really kind of takes it more into um, the, into the uh, the next wave of of being able to update a theme yourself. Um, on another note, with with the com- with that theme. Let me try that again. Sorry. <laughs> On another note, with thinking about the themes that you have available, there are also premium themes that are anywhere from $25 to $100 that function more like magazine themes. So they'll have a feature article section and they'll have a feature image and they'll have a couple of articles underneath it. They could be separated by categories. Um, it looks more like a magazine than it does really a blog. And for a podcaster who does a lot more other than podcasting, or for someone who has a lot of pictures that go along with their podcast, it's a great alternative than trying to hand code everything yourself, and it really looks a lot more professional. Because at the end of the day, having great content is, of course, king, uh, but the queen of, of any blog is always the design, because they go together so well hand in hand. Um, the third option is, uh, of course, to hire a designer to develop a custom theme. It's going to be a lot more expensive, but you are going to get something that can be catered to the theme of your show or to the theme of your personality. It'll have your favorite colors on it, and it's a theme that's very much uniquely you. So I'd say either of those three 
ideas are, are probably the, the best way to go. Um, if you do look for a free theme or even one of the premium themes, uh, readability is going to be the first thing to look for because if you have a blog that you can't read, then it doesn't matter what you're putting on there. No one's going to come to it. Because reading, not just being able to access the, the podcast feed, but someone being able to come in and check your show notes if you use the, the posts for show notes. Uh, somewhere that people can come in and see all the other stuff you're doing. Have your social media on the site, for example. Uh, and, and having that readability uh, aspect there is, is key to having it to where people can come onto your site not only once, but more and more times in the future. And you know they become a, a loyal follower. Um, the, the second thing is is compatibility with the current issue or the current version of WordPress. Uh, a lot more of the premium themes have this, but some of the free themes have plugins that are built in because they're essential to the functioning of of the theme. And and there's a lot of themes that are depreciated, which means that the the authors got busy or they just put it out once uh, and they don't really update it that often. So if you find a theme that hasn't been updated in a while, be careful because it may not even work with the new version of WordPress. Uh, I, I think the third thing would probably be um, the amount of, of real estate that you have to play around with. Because if you're podcasting, you're probably have either doing it for fun or you're doing it to monetize uh, another business. Um, for example, let's say that you have a cooking podcast and you want to be able to sell kitchen equipment on your site as well through Amazon or through some of the other sites. If you don't have room to host the, uh, the images and the widgets and the files that you need to be able to sell that kitchen equipment – you're, you're going to be out of luck. You're going to have just enough room to put your podcast on there, uh, but you're not going to have room to do anything else. So uh, that typically falls into either having plenty of sidebar space uh, and also making sure that the sidebar is widgetized, meaning that you can go into the widget menu of WordPress and just add stuff in at a moment's notice instead of having to go in and hard code it in. And it really takes away from the functionality uh, of WordPress when you have to hard code something in like that. Um, if, if it's not in the sidebar, then it's definitely going to be in the, the footer area because a lot of people are putting widgets there now uh, to be able to keep their sidebars cleaner and have more of the, the meta and the information that they want people to see uh, sort of in the footer. So I think those are pretty much some of the most important things to look at when you're looking at a WordPress site. Uh, of course, all of that also plays into if it's a, if it's a design you don't like, it's not really uh, you know don't, you don't want to put something on your site that you don't like. So that that sort of plays into it as as well. Excellent. When you think about some things that should definitely be included, um, what are some things that you think every site should should have on their WordPress installation? <laughs> Oh, that's such a general question, uh, and and I say that. Let's just talk about that sidebar. But you know, trying to keep it simple. But but what do you definitely need to have in there? That you think in this in this social media culture we're all in? Sure, um, I would have definitely links to what you're doing elsewhere on your on on the web. Um, a lot of people like to see variety. So if they see somebody that's active on Twitter and on a blog and on a podcast. Um, that's it's definitely makes you look like a more well-rounded individual, and from a person standpoint, makes it more likely that they'll hire you. I mean, that's that's a lot of what I do in my own business because I try to 
talk about WordPress stuff, but I also talk about my family and we just bought a house. So I'm talking about some of the stuff going there. And it's just, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life and people see that, oh, well, he's not, he's not just some other nerd that's on the internet designing web stuff and nothing else. He's, you know, he's got a family and he's, he's a real person. Um, that, that being said, there's a plugin um, and I'll try to get you a list of everything that I talk about on the show, by the way, just so your, your, your listeners have that ready and available for you. Um, there's a, there's a plugin called the Livestream plugin. And what it does is that there's, a, there's a sidebar widget that goes in your sidebar. And you go into the options menu and you give it everything that you're involved in. So you put in your Twitter account. You put in your uh, Last.fm account. You put in Pandora Radio. You put in any other blogs that you might have. And uh, Twitter and TwitPic both work on there. So if you upload a TwitPic, it will show up there as well. But what it basically does is it shows – just this list of, of things that you're into uh, just in brief form, and there's links to all of that as well. So if you post a Twitter update, it t- puts a link to the Twitter status as well as who you're replying to. Uh, if you create a station on Pandora, it actually will link to that station so they can log in with Pandora and save that station to your uh, to their own personal account. Um, and, and that's like I said, that's just called Livestream. It's it's very simple to use, uh, and it's just a matter of dropping a, a sidebar widget into into the sidebar. And uh, you can find an example on it on my my personal blog, which is a, a bit of a sandbox development site. But um, it's it's MitchCantor.com, and that typically is is on the very top of of what I do. Um, I'll, I'll go into some of the more basic plugins, and then I'll, I'll tell you about a really cool one that I've I've kind of been playing around with lately that that seems to work well. It's a little off subject of podcasting, but uh, for getting information to be shared among the social networks, it's it seems to be a real hit. Um, as far as some of the simpler plugins, of course, you want deep linking, and what deep linking is is it's basically taking other posts that you've done and making those available to people which in your case would be a podcast would be shows so it would be, it's basically showing other shows that you've done uh, to get people to look through and not just listen to one show but listen to more and more and more and then ultimately subscribe through iTunes or, or whatever service to to get updates as you make them um, so WordPress natively does a, a previous posts which shows the last one five ten shows that you've posted. Um, there's another plugin called Yet Another Related Post plugin, also known as Yarp. Uh, and what that does is if you've got – I don't recommend it for anything less than 20. But if you've got over 20 posts or over 20 shows, um, it basically uses a mathematical algorithm and scans each post for keywords. Really? And what, and what it will do is down at the end of the post, it'll, you can customize it, but it basically says if you like this show – You'll like other shows as well, and it goes in and shows the titles of those and even excerpts if you choose to show those. But what it will do is it'll, it uses that algorithm to determine, okay, well, this person read this show, and it's about kick, you know, cooking. Um, and here's another show down here at the bottom that, that, of the list that has cooking. could be a really old show. could be a new show. But either way, you get the ability to lead people through – uh, through the blog and find other older, newer, whatever shows, and it lets people listen to more than one show, but also keeps them on the same topic that they were looking at as well. Another one that's pretty similar to that is uh, Stumble for WordPress, and I know I don't know about you, but I'm hugely addicted to Stumble upon. I could probably waste two or three hours a night um, just stumbling through websites and, and seeing what new content I can find. It, if you have a lot of posts, 50, 60 posts. 
it's a great way to lead people through your blog randomly because what will happen is it puts a button at the bottom of the post and it says, like this post, stumble more like it. And it actually will take people to a random post on your site, uh, just any post. Um, and it'll actually let them listen to listen to the show or read that post as well because people love discovering new content and if they find a site that they like, this lets them go through and find stuff that they wouldn't normally search for but might still be uh, be interesting to them as well. I like that. I, I like both of those, the Yarp and the Stumble for WordPress. Uh, I've, I've got over probably 1,400 episodes by this point now and uh, I, I'm definitely going to take a look into incorporating that into gspn.tv the cool thing is for you is you can actually implement it site-wide and have people just basically have the huge big green random button and people can just listen to a random episode of a random podcast so it's it's almost like you know it's like christmas you don't know what you're going to get when you open the presents i like that what Um, what are some other plugins that you like well i'm actually i'm pulling up my plugins on my site just to go through and uh and see what all we've got um for anybody that uses a site that gets stumbled a lot or that they like to submit stuff to dig or even if they have something where there's a lot of people that come to their site via other sources, Google or whatever, um, it's, and there's another plugin called WP Greet Box. And what that does is it basically pops up a little Ajax box over your post title that says, you know, hey, do you like my blog? Subscribe to the RSS feed. Or if they come from Dig, hey, thanks for coming. Make sure to dig this on your way out. Or in Stumble Upon, it says, hey, thanks for stumbling this. If you like my content, hit the thumbs up button on your way out. And it's basically a call to action. Uh, another one was very similar to that was what would Seth Godin do? Because that was his big thing is call people to action and make them do something on your blog. And, and that's what that really does is it forces them to make the choice to either stumble your site or not stumble your site, but it's better than not having the choice there at all. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, for people that do a lot with, well, actually, I'll, I'll come back to the Facebook stuff because I have two plugins on on the Facebook side that work those are really ones well. I'm interested in as well. So go ahead with the other <laughs> stuff. Sure, sure. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see. There's the live stream plugin. I'm, I'm in my own blog looking at the plugins I use. Um, Having some sort of analytics is always is always important to the blog. So there's a uh, there's a plugin called Google Analyticator, and basically what it does is it it takes the hard work out of putting analytics onto the site. You go in, you sign up for the Google account, and you put in the UTC site address, which is something that Google will actually give you, and then it puts all of the necessary code in to be able to track your your analytics without having to know, okay, well, I paste it here, do I paste it there? Uh, and it also does a lot more advanced stuff, such as outbound link tracking. Uh, for a podcaster, the big draw there is it tracks enclosure downloads, which for a podcaster means how many people downloaded your MP3 file this week. Wow. Uh, where did they download them from? And it's all stuff that's controlled inside of, of Google's analytics. Well, let um, me ask you something. Somebody like myself who already has Google Atlanta, uh, Analytics set up on everything and I got my code down in the footer, would it be mm-hmm. wise for me? It sounds to me like it'd be wise to just take my code from that account already to take out the information out, out of the footer, install this plugin and put the code in. It really would, simply for some of the other advanced tracking solutions. Because there are other, uh, if for example, if you're a power user of analytics, there's variables that you can put into that code, and, and Google will show you how to edit it and, and that sort of thing. Um, 
but for for the you know the non-advanced users, it's still easier than just copying and pasting code in uh, because you do get some of the more power features without really having to know what you're doing. Uh, if you do need advanced features, there's boxes that you can add those features in. Uh, but once again, the enclosure downloading for podcasters is is worth it in and of itself. Um, also, with the going back to Google, there's another plugin called XML Sitemaps, uh, which a lot of people may not realize, but every site that has a sitemap submitted to Google actually gets that site indexed faster and more frequently because Google doesn't have to send its spiders out on a random mission. It just goes in and, and indexes your sitemap, follows all of those files to where it needs to. Your, your sitemap will actually weight those files based on a, a specific importance, and then you can go in and, uh, and uh, be able to get Google to, to walk through your site faster. Um, and that's a plugin as well. Uh, it's called Google XML Sitemaps, and it and it basically just generates that XML file that that Google looks for. You you still have to submit it to Google, which is something that you can do on Google's website. But this takes a lot of the guesswork out of actually generating a file because every time that you create a post, it updates the sitemap automatically in the background. Nice. Ah. Uh, as there's two more that I typically put on all of my sites, and then we'll go on to more of the Facebook-type stuff, and, and then we can go into some more advanced stuff as well. Um, I, I typically like to have some sort of search engine optimization on a site. Um, of course, search engine optimization plays in hand with, with Google ranking and, and that sort of thing as well. Um, and, and a lot of the plugins that, that link to yourself do that as well because that deep linking that I talked about earlier is really what makes – Google stand up and take notice because you're linking from yourself, which is talking about topic A, to yourself, which is also talking about topic A. And, of course, that's really going to make that connection on that topic stronger, and it's going to increase your ranking in Google. And when you're talking about deep linking, you're talking about those ones where it's like, if you like this, check out this other uh, episode on our show or on our site. So that's deep linking back to yourself. Okay, good. Good. Um, and there's two other plugins that I typically – well, one plugin I recommend for that. It's called All-in-One SEO, and it basically you, you turn it on, and you really don't have to update anything else. You, you can. Um, you set the options the first time, and then it basically gives you all of these different options you can set. The, the main draw for that one is whenever you're doing a WordPress site, the blog title comes first, and the topic title of the post comes second. What it does is it actually switches those around because the top, the first words in your in your title are always more important. So if somebody is looking for a particular topic, then they're going to look at – or if Google is looking at your post for a particular topic, then the topic name is going to be first. So you know, going back to our cooking blog, instead of saying you know Mary's cooking blog post title here, uh, you know today we talk about crockpots or whatever, then the first po- the first part of the post is crockpot discussions than Mary's cooking blog because that's what people are there to see. They don't necessarily care who they get the information from. They just want the information. And the, the, the earlier in the title that is, the more likely that Google will pick it up first. Um, and there's a lot of other things that it does. It does meta tags. Uh, it does descriptions. It'll actually turn your post categories into meta tags for each post. So if you have seven categories on one post and seven different categories on another post – those will both have different keywords, uh, which really lets you dive down into your search engine optimization and pinpoint target every post to the exact people that it needs to go to. Excellent. 
I've heard a lot about that all-in-one SEO, that, and a lot of people recommend that one. It, it works really well out of the box. If you don't want to set the options, you just want to turn it on, it'll still give you a substantial increase just from activating it. And a lot of that's because of the way that it switches your titles and, and stuff around. Um, the last plugin that I recommend before we get into the Facebook stuff, uh, I, I think everybody should have some sort of a contact form on their website. Uh, number one, putting an email address on your website not necessarily dangerous, but it really sub- subjects you to a lot more spam um, because harvesters will go out there and they'll pull that that address off of anywhere they can find. Um, so I, I typically recommend C-Forms. You actually have to download this one from the C-Forms site, uh, which is uh, deliciousdays.com. And basically and like i said i'll have links for everybody if i can if i can remember to get them to you later um but you just go in and you install it the same way you would install a normal plugin in wordpress but you just upload it from your computer instead of um uploading it through the plugin installer and basically it's a really robust content form uh content uh, contact form excuse me that lets you control uh, number one, you can add uh, fields to it uh, pretty much on the fly. So if you want a radio button menu, so choose this one or choose this one, uh, great. If you want check boxes, check all that apply, uh, you can do that. If you want a drop-down menu, so have a lot of different options. So you know what state are you located in? All your states are located right there. Um, but the main draw is that it does a lot of it behind the scenes using Ajax, which means you don't actually leave the page when you send in a submission form, everything's just kind of done there, and it pops up a nice little message that says, hey, thanks for your feedback. Uh, once they've submitted feedback, you get a really nice formatted email that says, hey, somebody has submitted a comment on your website. Um, and it also is stored in the database. So if for some reason your email goes down, you can set it to store it in your WordPress database, actually go in, and then you can also export that that's database as well into uh, Excel or some other database program. So if you're finding an easy way to get email addresses, it's a really good way to, to, to get people to, to give you their email addresses and get those for your own personal use. Excellent. So that's uh, C Forms, you said? Correct. Okay. All right. Now the Facebook stuff. Um, especially with the land grab that happened a couple of nights ago, Facebook has really stepped up its game. Uh, and being the the all-inclusive profile page, which is really where the web is going. It's like, okay, we've got all this information. What one website is going to be able to access all of it? And Facebook is really getting very close, um, number one, with the Facebook Connect, which we'll talk about, and then number two, with the ability to be able to access Facebook data uh, from other sites now. Uh, as far as personally, personally, what I use, uh, there are two websites, there are two plugins that I really, really like. Um, the only problem is they don't work together. So I'll, I'll tell you about both of them, and there's a way to get them to work together. It's, it's kind of a hassle, uh, but I, I managed to get them to play nice on, on MitchCantor.com a little bit. Uh, the first one's called PhotoBook, and what it does is if you're somebody that uses a lot of different um, – photo galleries on your Facebook page. So let's say that your podcast has its own Facebook account and you like to go out and take pictures of of live events that you do or you take pictures of some of the stuff that you talk about. What it does is it actually allows you to pull your Facebook photo albums into your blog. Um, And if you go to MitchCantor.com and look at the photo section, you see a great example of how it works is it actually pulls in sort of an album style for the front page of the photo gallery but then the drop-down menu also lets you choose individual galleries specifically for, for viewing. 
Um, and it actually paginates the pictures. Uh, it doesn't actually put the pictures on your blog, so it saves your bandwidth. Uh, all it does is basically calls those pictures from your, your blog, which are all still hosted on Facebook, um, and then allows you to show those pictures inside of your blog, which to a lot of people is a great draw because they don't want people going from their blog to Facebook to show pictures. They just want people to stay on their blog and look at everything. So it's a really, really easy photo solution, and I would I would probably go out on a limb and, and say that it makes using Facebook for photos more easier, not more easier, sorry. It, it makes using Facebook for photos easier than using Flickr, um, which, you know, there's a lot of people who would probably correct me on that one, but I've had very good luck with using Facebook's photo albums and the photo book plugin and, and pulling in my own personal pictures. It works really, really well. It works really, really easy, and it usually imports the albums automatically, which I, is really nice. I'm looking at it here, and, and it's looking really nice. The one thing I, I hope they do on an update is when you drill down into an individual p- picture, there's no navigation buttons to let you know you can go forward and backward. Yeah, but if, you do, if you do click on the image, it does take you to the next. But once you get to the end, you can't back up. It doesn't look like and stuff. But it, right. but still, it definitely, I'm, I'm looking at it here. It's, it's pretty neat. The question I do have, though, is for somebody like me who's tinkered around inside, uh, and, for example, I have a ton of pages on gspn.tv that are not pu- what they're published they're publicly available if you knew the url or the page slug you could get right to it but they don't show up in the nav menu i i think in the nav menu of gspn.tv there might be you know four maybe five or six pages that display up at the top that you can link to but there's mm-hmm. more like 18 or 19 pages that are active on our site so i hard coded the the links to each of those pages in the nav menu. When you install something like this, is it going to be hard for me to figure out how to get it to to pull up that photo page? Not at all. It actually just creates a page for everything. So okay. if uh, and it, and like let's say on the photos tab, the first tab will be uh, mitchcanter.com slash photos, yeah, and that'll bring you to the gallery. And then the next page should be oh, I uh, see it. It uses yeah. the page slug, so it's from hyphen mitch's hyphen iphone right and that, like that's my that. mobile uploads which are, are pretty uh pretty self-explanatory but yeah it's like it, it uses child pages to be able to to separate everything out so as long as you know what the album name is uh you can go in and and you know choose the post slug that you need now is it possible for me to do something like this with a fan page hmm I'm not sure. I've, okay. I honestly, I've never played around with using it as a fan page uh, album importer. That's not to say that it's not possible, but for the for all I've used it for is just for people's personal accounts. Gotcha. Well, it's still either either way. It's a great plugin, and I like that. What's the other one you said it doesn't nor it doesn't like to work with, but you got it too. <laughs> it's called Facebook Connect, and for those of you who've been paying attention to Facebook in the last couple of months, Facebook Connect basically says, okay. You've got your Facebook username. Why not be able to use that to log into other sites and then share data back and forth between site A and Facebook? Great example of that is Ustream, which you can now log into Ustream using your Facebook account. And then whenever you start broadcasting, it says, hey, you want to post this to your Twitter page? And you go, yes. And so, or your Facebook page. And it goes, yes. And so on your Facebook wall, it says, hey, I'm broadcasting at this URL. And it has a little Ustream graphic, and you can go straight to the broadcast from your Facebook wall. 
it's sort of the same thing with Facebook Connect. So if, if uh, on the what it does is it creates a widget for you, and the widget has a little intro message. Uh, it has your your username, an edit profile link, and then a logout button. And then underneath that, it says connect using Facebook. If you connect using Facebook, your picture shows up on the right-hand sidebar under the last visitors on the site. So number one, it's a great way to get people to put their picture on the wall and say, hey, I was at this site recently. Uh, number two, when you log in to make a comment, your information is already stored in there, and if they have avatars uh, uh, applied to the, the design, the, your profile picture will actually show up as the avatar. And every time you change your profile picture, the avatar picture on that blog gets changed as well. At the bottom of the comment box, it'll also prompt you to share your comment to your Facebook wall with a comment. So let's say that you left a comment on the cooking blog that we've been talking about, and it's a recipe. So you leave a comment, and it says, hey, this is a great recipe. I think it would taste better with um, you know, whatever instead of cilantro or I don't know. Um, and you can put a little side note on it that says, I think the recipe would taste better with this. Here's my comment, and it will actually share that to your Facebook wall. Uh, and it will also let you share posts the same way as well with a little thumbnail of the image and, and that sort of thing. But the main draw behind this is that there are so many people using Facebook and there are so many people who are connected on Facebook. Why not leverage that community for your own gain and say, okay, sure, we've got this large number of people following us on Facebook. Now we can start sharing these links out and have other people sharing these links out to their friends and start really leveraging the power of, of the fan base of, of Facebook to um, you know to get our word out. Facebook pe- Facebook fans are really loyal, and yeah. if you send them a link, they'll probably go to it. I, I'm liking this, uh, and I noticed that it, it, I just went in and I just left a, a, a sample or a test post on one of your your things there, and of course, it shows me in now at the the right hand side of your page. Um, and I see that it's asking me to do some stuff. Okay, so basically, the it's almost as though you're logging into MitchCantner.com, but is it creating an account for me on the fly? Is that what's going on? Yes and no. Um, it creates an account. On this particular site, though, I've disabled user accounts. Okay. Um, so it basically just logs you in with a username that's your Facebook profile ID. Okay. And then your password for that would be set as whatever your, your password is. It doesn't give you an email address. Uh, it doesn't give you a couple other things. It just basically creates a fake account for you that you can use to post comments and that sort of thing. I've got another site, and I've been playing around with this, but it's, it's based on the P2 theme, which is a Twitter-type theme, where you can log into Facebook, and anybody that logs in can leave a post. And so what we've basically decided is, okay, we've got the next version of the guest book because people can go in, log in, leave a comment, leave a post, leave an idea. People can comment on that post, but it's sort of a way that people can have a basically a wall that people can go onto and, and leave their thoughts. It's, it's just something that I, I did just in spare time. I was kind of bored. I wanted to try something new, but it turned out really as a really cool idea combining that with the open authentication from Twitter and maybe some of these other authentication softwares, anybody can log in and, and post whatever's on their mind. So it's almost just like a community board. Very interesting. And where's that site at that if people wanted to see it? Uh, it's very uh, it's very rough. I think it's mitchcanter.com slash random. Um, and it, like I said, it was just something that I did sort of in my uh, 
my spare time and, and I kind of put it out on Twitter a little bit so a lot of people went out to it um, but it's definitely still in, in raw form so <laughs> yeah I, I see it here it's, it's pretty interesting I like that I do uh, like but that. Those, those are all posts those aren't comments I mean the, the threaded ones are comments but the other ones are actually really uh, really posts excellent well, I do like that. And, um, of course, the, the next big thing, uh, did you watch the video on Google Wave? Yes, I did. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, my goodness. And, and for those of you listening right now, uh, I can guarantee you that in the future we'll be covering Google Wave on the Podcast Answer Man because when it becomes available, I will certainly be doing some video tutorials on that one because I cannot wait. It, and, and, matter of fact, I'm going to post a link to the Google Wave video. And if you're listening to this podcast, you need to go to podcastanswerman.com. Show notes for section or for episode number 115 and definitely look at the the it's an hour and 20 minutes, but I'll tell you what, man, it it is the future of something that is going to be huge. It, it's unlike Facebook, it's unlike Twitter, it's unlike email. I mean, it is it is going to be something new and and awesome. It's, I, I think it's really going to change the way that people collaborate, and it's really going to allow for a community that is the, – the interaction between it's going to be pretty well unheard of. Uh, my, my only caveat with it is that, it, once again, like everything Google does, it looks like Google, which if you have a really customized theme or, or something like that, and, and you really don't – and I don't, I don't know what their customization is going to be for it, but if you can't really customize how it looks, it's going to stand out, but – the functionality it gives will probably allow a lot of people to overlook that it looks like something that Google put out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, Google, there's some things they do extremely well, and, and design is not one of them. <laughs> no, it's not. And, and that was really between Google Connect, which does a lot of the same things as Facebook Connect. Um, between the two of them, I went with the Facebook one because I could skin it the way I, looked, the way I wanted it to look like. Because basically, they do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds excellent. I'll tell you, Mitch, thank you so much for taking the time out this afternoon to uh, discuss this stuff with us. There, There's a lot more to, to discuss about WordPress. I mean, we only barely scratched the sur- <laughs> surface here. But, really? Yeah. But I, I just want to let people know, um, if, if you had to say, if somebody was on the fence, you know, I'm thinking about Blogger, I'm thinking about... Um, Joomla, I'm thinking about what's that other content man- management system everybody's using out there? There's Probably Drupal. Drupal, yeah. I'm thinking about Drupal, Joomla. I, I I just don't know which way to go. What What would you say is the number one or the number two, the top two compelling reasons to go WordPress? Well, I mean, the the main thing is uh, it's it's ease of use combined with flexibility. Uh, and because I mean, I, and I can give you the pros and cons of each other one real quick. Blogger, really easy to use, very little customization. It's really hard to customize a blogger template. Uh, Joomla, a little bit harder to use, a little bit more functionality, but it's not quite as easy as WordPress or or Blogger or whatever. Drupal, a lot of different features, but it's so hard to implement and it's so hard to use, and it's even harder to make a really nice looking site with. Um, WordPress kind of takes the, the both of those facets. You know, I want something that's really easy that I can just sit down and learn in five minutes and be able to be on my merry way versus 
at the same time, I want it to do a lot of stuff. WordPress is sort of the the intersection of easy and lots of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely boils down to not only is it easy to use, but it's very functional. Let me let me let's take on one more big one, big daddy out there. Ning okay. dot com, having your own Ning page. I don't uh, I don't know about you, but I despise the look and feel of Ning. I I mean I do too. It's very boxy. Uh, and every Ning site looks like a Ning site, looks like a Ning site. The one draw that that Ning would have is the ability to have its own social network built in. That's what it does. Yes. Now, now that's not to say, and this is a completely, completely different discussion altogether, uh, but anything that Ning can do, uh, WordPress multi-user – and BuddyPress, which is another plugin put out by the Automatic Crew, which is the guys that do WordPress, um, WordPress multi-user and BuddyPress uh, will do a lot of those same functions. And there are other plugins that you can install that'll do it as well. Um, but once again, that's WordPress multi-user is a whole another uh, whole another idea. So, uh, let me ask you one last thing, and, and th- I promise this will be the last last thing. Sure. Uh, I have a forum. I'm using Simple Machine Forum. We've got several hundred listeners out there that that participate on a regular basis in the forum, uh, which is a lot of fun. But I I definitely wanted to stay away from PHPBB because of all the spam that was out there. We've had some really bad issues with them in the past. So I switched Uh over to Simple Machine Forum, which it works and no spam, and, and they keep it updated pretty well. But the customization on it is a little bit of a pain in the butt. I've heard about um, there's a there's a WordPress plugin for forums. Are, have you ever used that? I have, uh, and it's called BB Press. Okay. It's if you're familiar with WordPress, BB Press uses a lot of the same code. It uses a lot of the same template tags, and it uses a lot of the same abilities to um, to function. That being said, usually. A WordPress theme can be converted over to a, a BBPress theme pretty easily. Um, and a lot of plugins exist that let you take your WordPress installation and share data with your BBPress installation so you only have one login for both, which is really, really nice. Um, and, and that basically is, is you know, it, it edits cookies. It does a couple of other things uh, on the back end. But what it does is you log into the blog and you can show the last five forum posts on the blog, and it'll show those uh, inside of BB Press as well. And then you can log in and say, "Okay, well, here's the last five posts, and here's the last five forum entries. And which one do I want to go to?" Well, they both look the same, so it's like you're basically looking at one site. Right. Very cool. Well, you've been a wealth of uh, information. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you about creating a custom, super ultra preferred, great unique WordPress theme, where would they go to get in touch with you? Sure. Well, I'd, I'd love to help you, number one. Um, just uh, the easiest way to, to get a hold of me is uh, on my website, uh, www.studionashvegas.com. There's a comment form there. Fill it out, and uh, I'll, I'll get back to you as soon as I can on that. Uh, if you want to see me on Twitter, you can also find me at Studio Nash Vegas. Uh, and of course, the, once again, the WordPress Doctor, which is my outlet of WordPress themes, plugins, Hacks, uh, all kinds of other good stuff is www.thewordpressdoctor.com. Excellent. Mitch, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I uh, look forward to uh, 
hopefully coming on later and we'll, we'll talk about some other WordPress stuff because WordPress is changing and I guarantee you in the uh, the coming months there's going to be some really cool feature that's going to come out that we can talk about. So I look forward to uh, it's coming back. Sounds great. We'll bring you on as the expert as always. Thanks a lot. All righty, everybody. Well, that's this episode of the Podcast Answer Man. Hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had there with Mitch. Regarding WordPress, it is an excellent, excellent program. And the fact is, is that it's free. I love the fact that I can take my WordPress installation. I can be anywhere in the world. Don't even have to have my own computer. And I can update the colors. I can update pictures, photos, sidebar. Somebody tells me I've got a a mistyped title on one of the pages. I can go in and fix a typo anywhere I'm at. Uh, I can add new content, new blog entries from any computer, any terminal. I love the fact that it's all server-side. It's not too hard to figure out. It's something that's, in fact, pretty easy to be trained on. If you're interested in the basics, uh, of course, I am available for installation and, and, and just some minor stuff. But when it comes to the big stuff, I usually go to an expert, somebody like Mitch. And uh, I will tell you, he's got some great-looking content. You can go check out Studio Nash Vegas. Dot com. That's uh, Studio N-A-S-H-V-E-G-A-S dot com. Browse around, take a look at some of the stuff. And of course, you can check out MitchCanner.com, C-A-N-T. I think it's E-R now that I'm thinking about it. Let me just check real quick. <laughs> All right, let me just look. Mitch Cantor. Yeah, it's actually E-R, C-A-N-T-E-R dot com. And of course, you can see that Facebook plugin he was talking about on the photos. Anyway, folks, thanks for tuning in. If you guys want to have me answer some of your questions, any of your uh, things that are on your mind related to podcasting, you can always call in at area code 859-795-4067. If you want to call in toll-free, if you don't have unlimited long distance, you can dial us toll-free at 800-757-1158. And, of course, you can always email us, feedback at gspn.tv. And if you need to buy some audio equipment for your podcast or audio equipment for any other audio needs uh, feel free to give me a, get in touch with me if you want to set up a time to consult with me one-on-one I'm available for that as well and I'm going to give you my cell phone number this is the number you can contact me at and we can uh, talk directly for uh, for business related items and that phone number is area code 859-757-1399 again that's area code 859 859- 757-1399. That's all I got for today. Thank you for subscribing to the Podcast Answer Man. Be sure to tell other people about the podcast about podcasting, podcastanswerman.com. Talk to you later.